Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Belong Church. I'm so glad you're with us on this second Sunday in January. And I don't know where, about where you're at, but we actually had some snow yesterday, and it wasn't a whole lot. And I, I saw somebody on social media, they were out making snow angels, and there was only this much snow, and there was mostly grass. But it's actually pretty funny. And my wife, bless her heart, called in for a snow day because she said it was snowing this big around, and it's, it's just pretty funny. Of course, it didn't last very long, and you know, but it's, it's fun to get what we can get and to enjoy it while we have it. Well, as we continue on in the beginning of the year, I wanted to, to see where we were heading with this, and all of a sudden, one day when I was sleeping, God dropped this message and then the subsequent messages all in my heart, and I got so excited about it all, and I was actually going to deliver this last week, and you may recall I talked about that, that I, I had it all ready to go, and then, and then I just felt like God was pushing me in the direction that we went last week. And if you missed last week, it, it was... Um, talking a lot about how it's a new year and the, it's a new season and there's so much that is there for us. So I would encourage you to go and listen to our podcast or go and listen, uh, watch it on our YouTube channel. It's all readily available there for you. But as we go into this next s a couple of weeks, I don't know how many weeks it'll actually end up being, it, it really began to, th my, the thought began to surface that as we set goals as we set New Year's resolutions, as we decide we want to be a better us, we start making different decisions. Some people will go to the gym, and we know it usually doesn't last very long, and, and most of the time, traditionally, most New Year's resolutions don't last hardly at all, you know, a couple of weeks, and then they're done. But as I started thinking about how that overlays into our Christ walk, being more Christ-like, and as I continue to walk down this road of trying to follow him and getting to know him and hear him tell me, hey, I want you to do this different, hey, I want you to turn this way, or I want you to do this, it began to just rise up inside of me about the fruit of the Spirit. Because if I'm walking down this road trying to become more like Christ, then that should become evident to those people that are around me. And the way we see that evidence is described in Galatians as the fruit of the Spirit. And, and I love the video the, that we opened up with, and we're actually using that with permission from a church in Canada. They created that first uh, message they did four years ago, and I just loved it. I, I love the fact that the first kid ate the apple but took the seed and planted it. And then that seed grew into a tree. It didn't happen overnight, but it grew into a tree. And, and the fruit that was there because they took the time was then shared with others. And then those others went and planted their own. And, and it's the, we're better together. We're all in this journey together. So I chose that bumper video for us to use because it really, I mean, who doesn't love the, the cute kids that are running around? But it also just meant so much to me. But there's one thing for sure that we all have in common as we look at our lives and how we, we are wanting to change them and maybe get better, and that is we have messes. And, and the, the connotation that I had was of a place setting, and, and my mom and dad are creating this really nice um, 
desk thing for me to, to preach off of instead of this music stand and haven't been able to connect up with them to get it. And I was ho- so hoping I had that for today because it would make a place setting so much easier. But you've seen place settings. Obviously, we all have, whether it's the most basic or it's extremely elaborate. If it's just got a, a paper towel and a plastic fork, or if it's got all of this fine china that's around there, you've seen the place setting. And, and I don't know about you, but I can make a mess, whether it's nice or elaborate or it's super basic, I can make a mess all on my own. I, I could spill my tea, I can, you know, drop some of the barbecue and the barbecue sauce goes everywhere. And then we made a mess and we have to clean it up. And sometimes when we're younger, it requires other people to help clean up the mess. I, w- I was eating with a friend and talking um, yesterday where she's working and, and there was a, it's a burger joint and there was a, a, a grandfather and a grandmother apparently with their daughter and their baby. The baby was sitting in a high chair, and when they got up, the floor underneath it was just a mess everywhere. Now, that's just what the babies do, and, and it was so cute to see the, the grandfather just look at the baby and, and just extend his hands out to the baby, and, and the baby stood just bouncing in the, in the high seat, you know, because wanted, she wanted her grandfather to pick her up, and she was just so excited. But there's a mess that's left, and sometimes... It requires other people to help us. As we grow, we're able to take care of our own messes. But as we advance, generally speaking, we start to clean up our own messes. That's part of the whole journey of maturity. But sometimes there are still some messes that are so overwhelming that you don't even know the first thing to do. And you need the loving help of someone else to come in. And, and there's some messes that you just look at it and you just sit in the middle of it and it's like, I can't even think of what's the next thing to do that I, I, I can't think. And I'm paralyzed by the amount that I'm overwhelmed. But going back to the place settings and other people making messes in my life or in your life, I want you to think that you're sitting there and you, you got a glass and you got your, your water because we're fasting for the 21 days of prayer and fasting and, and you got your water or maybe you got your sweet tea or maybe you got soda. Of course, nobody's drinking soda or sweet tea for the you know, fasting time or whatever you're fasting, I'm just playing. But it, it's sitting there and somebody bumps into your table and it knocks over the glass. Oh. Well, now you got to deal with that. Now, it's made a mess, and sometimes they don't even know. Maybe they were just clumsy, and they, they, didn't, they just kept going. They don't know, but they left you with this mess. Or maybe it's a self-centered person that, that they're just going along there. They don't care about anybody else but themselves, but they still cause havoc. How about this one? How about the one who's spiteful? This is not an accident that they reach over, and they grab that glass, and they just pour it on top of you. Talk about being mad and infuriated. I mean, that's spiteful. Just they did it on purpose. Guess what? Each one of these leaves a mess that affects us. And it then requires us to get busy cleaning. See, the actions of others impact our lives. And, and, and obviously everyone knows that, but I want us to look at how the, the fact of somebody else coming into my life can cause a disruption. 
And again, all of this is stuff that we all have in common. It doesn't matter what your status in life is. It, it doesn't matter how high you've attained to. Others can still and will cause messes and sometimes purposely make messes. And at a minimum, it distracts you. It uses up resources because now you, instead of eating, instead of being able to enjoy your, you got to, you know, move your stuff around. Maybe you got to pick up your plate and maybe the host is going to come over and give you a new place setting or you're going to get a bunch of paper towels. And it's just a mess, obviously, and you have to stop what you're doing to clean. It also requires a mental adjustment to get back on course because maybe you're just like reading a text or on social media or you're, you're contemplating or you're writing notes or you're, you're, you're whatever you're doing and all of a sudden that thing happens and, and this glass is like, ah, you've got to readjust. And often when it's a bigger mess, particularly one where someone just pours it on top of you, it may not be easily cleaned. It may actually destroy what you're wearing. It may have the, the type of garment. Now, I'm wearing jeans most of the time, so it's not going to mess up my jeans. I can just wash my jeans. But there are some fabrics that the water getting on is going to leave spots, and it's going to just be destroyed. If it's a red-colored substance and grape juice and all these different other things, it can be something that's not easily cleaned. It's not just a simple matter of just taking a paper towel and being done with it. It, it may cause a great deal of disruption. It might even require a great amount of time to clean it. You may even have to get a shower because you got just sticky soda from Coca-Cola all over you and it's like, oh, that just makes my skin crawl just thinking about it. And the reality is almost all the time it is unexpected. You're not sitting there going, okay, that person's going to walk by and they're going to hit this. Okay, here it goes in three, two, one. Oh, there it is. No, it just happens. You're like, oh. what happens next is where we are in a level of maturity. So as I've already mentioned, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And that is what is going to be a, a marker of our growth, our maturity, our, our road and path that we're going down if we have made it okay. So if you will, turn in your Bibles with me to our text, and it's Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And I should have highlighted in our lives. This is the Holy Spirit. Remember, we looked at a few weeks ago that it is God who is doing this work in our life, and he's going to continue it on. See, this is him that's taking us from this world into this other one, and that Holy Spirit is, is telling us, hey, I want you to turn this way. I want you to go this way. I want you to do this. I don't want you to do that anymore. It's him that's producing this kind of fruit when we listen and we follow his instructions. And they're listed here. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Next screen. Gentleness and self-control. And there's no law against these things. Man, if you do these things, you're not going to have any problem. But if we can go back to the previous screen. Looking at goodness. And that's what I'm looking at today is the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, goodness. You see, it's a new year. And every day, we should purpose to live in God's ways a little bit better than yesterday. 
And the only way we can forward into this, the only way we can get into this and, and actually step into that is through one big little word. And that word is surrender. See, it requires me to surrender my life. It requires me to surrender my will. It, it requires me to go to this place and say, okay, God, I'm yielding up control of my life to you. And, and this is part of the, the journey. And it may not be as understandable today, but a, two years from now you may understand more like, oh, yeah. I prayed that prayer, and I had no idea what I was praying, but now I understand it better. It's a relatively small word, and it's easy to say, but can I suggest to you, it requires a lifetime of decisions. My favorite scripture, and, and everyone knows this, and Michael's giving me a little bit of grief about it. He goes, hey, we haven't seen this in a week or two. John 10.10 10 in the NLT says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy and Jesus says now, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And you've heard me say this. It's like two different paradigms. You've got the world over here that's just trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, but hey, I've got this other life. And my purpose, my purpose for you is to give you this rich and satisfying life. And I, I like how it says in the NIV, it says that they may have life and have it to the full. And I just love that mental picture. That it's just this overwhelming, full of feeling. It's just like overflowing life. I don't want the life that's just going to barely get by. I don't want that there's always destruction that's all around me. I don't want that always there's stuff that's being thrown in my way and I can't get past it. I want to have life to the full. But can I tell you the antithesis of fruits of the Spirit, and they come naturally. Look at this. It's hate. It's sadness. Anxiety. Impatience. And envy. And evil. And infidelity. And brutality. And self-indulgence. These are the exact opposites of each one of the fruits of the Spirit. They're the antithesis of what God's work and plan is for our life. So while the fruit of the Spirit is this great development that we've got going on over here, over here naturally, hate comes and sadness and anxiety and impatience and evil and just envy and infidelity and brutality and self-indulgence. We see as we transition from the world's way to God's way, from this world where there's robbing and destroying and death to this life to the full, as we're making this transition, and by the way, can I just ask you, how's the world's way accomplish this death, this life, and this destruction? The enemy comes, it says in the beginning of that, but how does that happen? Does the devil show up with a pitchfork? No. He uses people. Oh. He causes these situations that they come into our lives unexpected and just come in and just wreck our place setting. But then how many people just stay setting in that mess that is left? 
Someone comes into their life and causes all the stuff, and, and I love this analogy because I can visualize this, that, that this cup is just spilled and it's all over. And again, the one who purposely does it just pours it over your head or throws it in your face, and it's just, uh, it's this whole situation. And they just sit there going, I can't believe that just happened. And they don't even know the first step to get out of that. They just sit in that mess that they've made, or maybe the others have made it. And that, that relates to rich and poor, just the same. The robbing, the destroying, and the death comes into our lives through people. So my question on this second Sunday, that this message is about, how do we do this in this new year? Number one, we have to recognize the messes. We can't just sit there. We can't just allow this destruction, this destroy, and all this mess just be thrown in our laps and all over us or purposely dumped on us and just sit there. We have to recognize, okay, okay let's take inventory and say, okay, th- th- there's a mess. Then we got to deal with the mess. And can I tell you right now, it's regardless of the source, whether it's something that's self-inflicted, like, man, I made this mistake all on my own. There's nobody I can blame. This is all me. Or I didn't have anything to do with this. I, I didn't volunteer for that, as Dr. Kennedy would say. Uh, it, it, it just happened from other people. And then next, we have to clean up the mess. We have to recognize. We have to deal. And we have got to clean up. And while it can be overwhelming, We can progress. We can advance from anything when we take step by step by step. One of my friends on Facebook, Alyssa, put this post up this a few weeks ago, and and I love this. She says, the butterfly, she's copying from this other person at the bottom. I don't know who that is, but I know her. Um, The butterfly does not look back at the caterpillar in shame, just as you should not look back at your past in shame. Your past was part of your transformation. And I just love the poetry that's in that. Because you think about this butterfly, it's beautiful. It's all the different colors and all the different types of them. But it all started with this not-so-great-looking caterpillar. And then went into this cocoon that nothing to see there. And then it's just this metamorphosis that's happening. It's just this thing. And the, the butterfly doesn't look back at that season and go, oh, man, I can't believe that was used to be me. Doesn't look back in shame, but says, man, that's just part of my journey. Can I tell you, the messes in our life is part of our journey. Don't look back on that at shame. Don't let that be part of the thing that keeps you in the mess. Move to the next level, step by step by step. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus says this, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, Here's here's the fruit of the Spirit where we see it actually being applied and where I have to change my life for goodness is to do good to those who hate you. Do good to those people that causes mess in my life. Do good to them. The next verse says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. 
We're in the middle of 21 days of prayer. And for those of you who haven't um, connected with um, any of the stuff we were doing this past week, we changed because of all the technical difficulties that we're not going live anymore uh, uh, during the week and on Saturday. But we are using our text um, system. If you can text the word prayer to 469-289-1114, that will put you in the queue and we're sending out um, prayer directions every day. And you can also text back and forth. It's private and let us know how we can better pray for you. But, but we're supposed to take this step to bless, to speak goodness over those people who aren't speaking goodness to me. Pray for those who are mistreating. And maybe that's something you need to add into your 21 days of prayer. Maybe that's something you need to put in your prayer booklet that you're praying in your journal and saying, God, I pray for this person over here that's doing this and this and this in my life. In the New King, New King James Version, it says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. They spitefully pour that junk on you. They take it and throw it in your face. Man, they're just going out of their way. This was no accident. This isn't just something they tripped and fell. They didn't grab a hold of your place setting and cause this mess. No, no, no. They went out of their way to do this. Do good to them and pray for them. See, doing good is one of the fruits of the Spirit, goodness. But the only way to do good is to surrender to God. Because I'm going to tell you, if you're anything like me, and I think we all share this in common as well, that when somebody goes, despitefully using me, I want to despitefully come back and have a conversation with them with different things in my words. Okay? I want to get upset, and I want to be mad, and I want to fight. But I don't fight when I have this life that's surrendered to God. When I allow the Spirit of God to work in me and to produce fruit. Now, as I was preparing this message, I was listening to a Church of the Highlands message from a couple of years ago. And Pastor Chris, in this, in this video clip, was talking about dealing with difficult people. And I want you to look at his comments on that, if you'll turn your attention to the screen. But I really believe this has the power, with God's help and the power of his word, and the help of the Holy Spirit, and you just allowing your life to be touched by God for it to be radically transforming on the inside. In fact, let me say it this way, that God always desires to do a work inside of us. He's ready to do something in you today. That can actually happen. That God's presence and the power of his word with the help of the Holy Spirit to do something so deep inside of you that it radically changes your life. And the only thing that's required of you and me is this word surrender. We let him. That's it. We don't have to do the work, even understand the work. We just allow God to work inside of us, but it requires us leaning in. Now I love that concept and that thought of leaning into God to say, okay, God, this is really bothering me, but I'm going to lean into you because if I let go of you, I'm going to go and do something in my flesh that isn't going to be spirit-like. That God wants to do this deep work inside of us. I'm not talking about something this morning that is just easy. I'm not talking about something you can just like check a box or click one time and be done. No, no remember at the beginning I said this is a lifelong decision-making process. But God wants to do this deep work in me. 
this deep work in you that causes this change that's then defined and characterized as the fruit of the Spirit. This morning we're looking at goodness. But it all requires surrender. In James chapter 4, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? In other words, hey, you got conflict? How come it's coming there? What, what causes that? Let's, let's, let's get, boil this down. Let's just try and figure this out. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? And, and right here, man, I just see that same thing. You've got the, the world over here that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. And then Jesus is like, man, I got life to the full over here. And this struggle, this battle that's in there. So when someone, you know, purposely does something to you, or maybe they don't mean to, and it just jumps into you, and all of a sudden you're left with a mess in your lap. There's a battle within you like, man, what's up? What are you doing this? And, and getting all upset at them. Verse 2 in the NIRV says, you want something, but you don't have it. You got this battle, this struggle going on inside of you, and you, you got something you want. Hey, I want the fruit of the Spirit. I don't have it yet. I want this doing good thing come into my life. But you don't have it. Continuing on, it says, so you quarrel and fight. That's not the answer. It says you don't have because you didn't ask God. Remember it says to pray for those who despitefully use you. Bring these things to God in prayer. James is saying, man, you don't have what you're wanting because you're not bringing it to God. Verse 3 says, or when you ask and you don't receive it, maybe it's because you, do re you ask with the wrong motives. So you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Verse 5. Don't you know what the scripture says? God wants the spirit in us, belonging only to him. Look at that. God wants the spirit. What spirit? The spirit of God. He wants the fruit of the spirit, if I can just manipulate that just a little bit, to belong in us. Because God has caused his spirit to live in us. Don't you think the scripture has a reason for saying? But God continues to give us more grace. His grace is sufficient for every struggle that I have, for every time that somebody dumps something in my lap, for every time that it's just overwhelming to me. His grace is there. Watch the rest of what Pastor Chris has to say. And he says this, and this is so hard to hear. It's a tough pill to swallow, but it's the only way for you to find real peace in your life. He says, what you should have done, instead of getting so mad at them and wanting everything to change with them, he says, you don't have what you want because you do not talk to God about it. If you would just come to God and let God do a work inside of you, listen to me, there's peace there. Now, that's hard to believe. In fact, it's a hard case to even make to you because you're not, it doesn't make sense, which means you will only know it when you actually try it when you experience it. And that's where I'm going to encourage you today to do something. And that is instead of trying to change people, let God change you. Instead of trying to change people, let God change you. We keep trying to change people. God keeps trying to change us. We keep saying, hey, do something about those Democrats. Do something about those Republicans. Do something about those, my boss. Do something about this politician. Do something, do something, God. God says, I'd like to do something on the inside of you. Are y'all hearing me today, everybody? So let's let God say some things to us. 
As long as you make the solution to your life being changed, others, other people have to participate in it, you basically removed all the power of what God can do inside of you because real peace, the real pathway to peace comes when we, when we surrender our lives to him. All right. True change happens when we surrender our life to him. See, God has this desire to work in your life, and he can recognize all the struggles. He can recognize the person had a weakness or a problem, or they despitefully did this, and they dumped this stuff all over you. But he says, you know who I want to work on? When he's talking to me, he says, Kevin, I want to work on you. He, he's going to work on that other person as, to the degree that they allow him. But God is more worried about me May I suggest he's more worried and concerned about you than he is what other people did externally. And the disciples face the same exact thing. that They came to him in Luke, 14, uh, Luke 17, verse 4. It says, hey, God, even if a person um, wrongs us seven times a day, he, Jesus says, even if someone does this, I'm sorry. Jesus said, even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time comes back and asks you for forgiveness, you must forgive them. Man, seven times a day, can you imagine they just come up there and they just like dump something on you and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And you're like, oh, okay, I got to struggle here. And then, you know, the, you, you just turn around and walk away and you're like, okay, 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 I'm forgiving them. And then they come back, another, they do it. And it happens over and over and over again. I, I heard a, a comedian last night talked about this prank that they pulled when they were younger. And this is in my notes, but it just cracks me up. They picked this song, and I forget what song, and it doesn't really matter because any song would pretty much work for this. And they went and they got three songs for a dollar, and they put $7 in there and picked the same song seven times. So it just finished the song and started again, started again. He goes, after the second time, the people are like, man, this song's really longer than I remembered. And when it happens the third time, they're like, oh, no, what happened? And the fourth time, is like, oh, my gosh, if I hear this song again. And the fifth time, and the sixth time, and the seventh time, everybody's like, oh, you just felt the whole, the whole area just groaning with it. And then they put a different song in there for the eighth one. It's a different song. Everybody's like, yay, it's finally over. And when that was over, they went back again to that other song. Hey, man, if this keeps happening to you over and over and over again, he says, yeah, you got to keep forgiving. Later on in Matthew chapter 18, I, I believe it was after the, 70, uh, the seven times that Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And if you've heard me talk about this, I believe he was referring back to the previous scripture we are just looking at. And he thought he had the answer, and he's trying to use Jesus' own words to come and say, hey, did I get it figured out? So I can count that's one time, that's two times, that's three times, seven times. Man, I got you. Okay? And Jesus says, hey, no. Up to 70 times seven. In other words, don't count. I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Man, this ridiculous number that you couldn't ever keep track of. But can I suggest to you, as we're, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, this isn't natural. This isn't what comes natural. This robbing, killing, and destroying, that comes natural. This fruit of the Spirit of doing good to those that despitefully use you, forgiving them 70 times seven, that's not natural. That's super natural. It requires God's help. If you will, bow your heads with me. The only way that you and I can move beyond what we know 
is to step into this supernatural help. See, step one of this whole stepping into it, we've already talked about it a couple of times. That's the word surrender. And that is actually the very first step is to accept God. That there's a God in heaven who loves you so much that he made the first move. He sent his son that before you were even born, before you even had a chance to miss it, he already paved the way and prepared the way. So truly for us to surrender, it's not as big of a deal because he made the first move. So where do you find yourself today? Right now. The best way you could possibly begin this new year is by entering into a new life. One that includes God. The one that Jesus describes that's life to the full. My pastor in Florida often says, at this point in the, in the service, if I could take Jesus out of my heart and put him in yours for just a moment, you'd never want him to leave. And I love the beauty of the description that is in that. Because if you could experience what I've experienced, you would understand that this isn't just a checkbox. This isn't just a religious experience. But this is a relationship. This is knowing God. Can I tell you this morning, today, there's life beyond the messes that you know. Whether you caused them or someone else is dumped all over you. I urge you to give God a try. Let this be the year. Let today be the day. It's as simple as saying this prayer after me. Say, God in heaven, I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to know you. Right now I ask you to forgive me for every time I've missed it and to make me brand new. Here's the word. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, giving your life for me. Today I give you my life. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I thank you for everyone who prayed that prayer. And maybe someone has listened to several of these messages and they prayed the prayer every time at the end and they're like, man, why do I? Hey, it's all part of the process. Don't worry. Don't be like the butterfly that would look back at the caterpillar and say, oh my gosh, why did it take you so long? Be what the reality is that it's just look at where God has taken you. Lord, I thank you for the surrender that we can do to you, whether it's our first time coming to know you or maybe we've been walking with you forever and we need to be reminded that to have the fruit of the Spirit, we need to surrender. Lord, as today's message is about doing good and, and to praying for those people that are causing these messes in our lives, Lord, I pray that we would produce the fruit of goodness. We give you all this in Jesus' name. As we close, I just want to give you an opportunity that if you prayed that prayer, we want you to text the word NEXT to 469-289-1114. Again, that's text the word NEXT 
to 469-289-1114. And that's our text communication um, line. As you heard me say earlier, for a prayer, you can text the word prayer to it. And if you want to get the 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 YouTube notifications that every Sunday after the service it goes out, you can text the word YouTube to that same number. That's the number we communicate with. And then for lastly, for those of you that want to participate in the giving portion and to, to help us with our financial success and the financial runway that it requires to, to be a church and to all the different things, you, the easiest way is to use our text to give. And that number is different than our text communication. But text the word give to 469 410-7788 and it'll just ask you a couple questions the first time through and it's completely separate than our texting so it's got to be all secure and once it's in there then the next time all you got to do is text the amount you want to give and it's, it automatically has it all secured or you can go to give to belong.com and then it gives you all those options and, and it's all there as well well let's pray and be dismissed Father God I just thank you for what you're doing in our lives Lord, I thank you that you didn't just leave us to deal with the messes in our lives by ourselves. But Lord, you sent Jesus to pay for my sins. Father, you sent more than just for my sins, but you sent the Holy Spirit to help me to grow and to get better and better and better. To become a better person, to become a better version of me. And as we start this new year, as we start this new season, Lord, help me. Help all of us to do good. To walk in the, the fruit of the Spirit that is kindness. And as we look at the future ones, all the different fruits of the Spirit. That is proof and evidence that I'm actually growing in you. And we give you all the glory. And Lord, I speak a blessing over everyone that's participating with us. And Lord, particularly everyone that's participating by giving and paying their tithes and offerings this week. God, I speak your blessing over them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.